Well, a liberal bill repealing conservative changes to Canada's firearm laws cleared its final Senate vote yesterday. Now, as always, some are applauding the bill and others, well, not so much. And there's also the question of what impact this could have on the upcoming election. Pam DeMoff is a liberal MP who is also a member of the Standing Committee on Public Safety and National Security and joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Pam, good afternoon. Thanks for the time. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, Just first off, uh, this bill, it expands the uh, scope of background checks. Uh, Can you tell us specifically uh, what is the biggest change? What is different or going to be different for Canadians who want to own a gun? For sure. And just to clarify, I was a member of the Public Safety Committee when we did this bill, and I was really proud of, of the changes on the background check. So it's now gone from being five years to the full life of the applicant, and an amendment was made at committee to include and, and ensure that uh, um, history of domestic violence, online social behavior, and restraining orders were taken into account when someone was applying for their license. So that's, that's a huge change and one that's uh, Uh, quite frankly, going to save lives. All right. uh, What is something that would be a red flag or stop somebody maybe from getting a gun then moving forward? I mean, when you look at somebody's overall uh, history, you just mentioned, for example, uh, online uh, comments. What, What kind of things there would you be looking for? Well, I mean, I'm not looking for it. It would be when they apply for the license. And we know that there have been a number of cases where, um, and this is public online behavior, we're not talking about um, any privacy issues here, where people have been... um, posted, for example, the incel, um, which I didn't even know what that word was until there was a tragedy in, in Toronto, um, where they're the, the, um, when they're applying for a license now, it's now a requirement. Before, it was something that they could look at, but it's something that's required now that they look at those things. We also look at cases, um, we had a witness who testified, Alison Irons, about her daughter that was killed by a, a former partner um, and was able to obtain firearms and um, Allison is a former RCMP officer. Her daughter was killed by someone who had, uh, you know, he was a, a legal firearms owner, and if they had looked at his history, he probably wouldn't have been able to, to uh, have that firearm. Okay, I know gun control advocates, uh, they've been critical, uh, calling this legislation uh, a little too weak. Uh, some conservatives, on the other hand, say that this law is uh, aspirational, leaving the impression of action, but accomplishing uh, nothing of value. What would your response to that be? Well, my response would be is that we cannot just look at guns and gangs. That's an important component of it, and that's where the conservatives come from. This isn't going to stop guns and gangs. And, um, you know, in addition to financial investments we've made on that front, 75% of people who die by suicide use a firearm. We need to take into account women who are threatened with firearms in the home who are being killed by their partner with a firearm. So those are are parts of the conversation that the Conservatives don't bring forward, and I know that that people like Coalition for Gun Control and Pauli Sousuvien uh, would have liked to have seen us gone for, farther. But having said that, both those organizations are very supportive of this legislation, and have also been quite vocal on social media to try and get the Senate to stop obstructing the bill and, and pass it, which happened last night. Okay, uh, one of the big uh, opposers, if you will, has been uh, hunters. Uh, How involved uh, were they in the uh, process here, and do you know what they think of a Bill C-71? 
Well, I think it depends on who you speak to. I mean, there's a very there's a very vocal organization. They're very organized. The uh, the uh, firearms rights organizations. They're very vocal. But if you actually talk to a number of people, and and you know, I'll probably have my phone and email light up when I say this, but you know, Dr. Alan Drummond is an emergency room doc from rural Ontario, owns a gun, card carrying conservative. He fully supports this bill, and he he actually would have liked to have seen us gone further, but he he spoke out at the committee to say, you need to be talking about suicides and domestic violence because we need to, this bill will save lives, and anyone who's who's opposed to that, I I think is just shameful. Yeah, do you feel as if uh, the bill has gone far enough, or would you like to have seen as somebody who worked on this, uh, would you like to have seen it gone further? Um, you know, I think the minister listened for some of the changes that we wanted to make at committee, and I, I was, um, you know, we were very fortunate to work with Minister Goodale, who did, you know, the example I gave you was, was on background checks where we included um you know, domestic violence and online social behavior. So it went further than what we had original. The bill had originally started as, um, but I think it's an it's an incredibly good start. And for some of the things, it isn't even taking it back as far as the laws used to be. So you know, I've heard um, people complain about the um, the ATT, the authorization to transport. Well, when the Conservatives got rid of the gun registry, they they brought in restrictions around that. But the, what we've put in the bill doesn't even go as far as what it was before the gun registry was put in place. So, you know, I think it was a compromise and it was trying to to listen to the concerns of, of rural Canadians along with people who felt we needed to go farther. And if both groups don't think you've done a good job, then maybe you've landed in a good place in the middle. And I don't say they don't think we did a good job, but, um, you know, it, I think there was a lot of conversations that the minister had. We had a number of witnesses at committee, and I think we, we reached a compromise that, that will make Canadians safer. And that's what's the most important part of it. Yeah, I was about to say, if you feel as if you haven't pleased really either side uh, fully, then, then maybe you've met uh, somewhere appropriately in the middle? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I, but, I, but I think it's, it's, it's really transformative. Something else that didn't get a lot of attention is that guns will now be forfeited to the Crown when there's a prohibition order. So if the judge says you can't own guns, um, it used to be that they could go to a brother, to a, a friend, as long as that person had a, a firearms license. Now those guns are forfeited to the Crown. And I know personally of a case where a friend of mine's husband was a gun owner who was pro- prohibited. But those guns went to his brother. And not that she didn't trust the brother, but it, there was always a concern in her mind that, that her former spouse would know where those guns were and would have access. This legislation changes that, so they're now forfeited to the Crown. That won't happen again. Yeah, Pam, I just want to double back to the background check, if we could, uh, yeah. for a second, because uh, yeah. part of the criticism I've seen in red is the, this uh, now looking into somebody's uh, overall history, their, their life history. And just because they've said or maybe done something at, I don't know, say 17 or 18, uh, can people change? Can you be a different person, say, at, I don't know, 42, 45? And should what you did decades ago prohibit you from owning a gun today? Well, and that's a really fair comment, and and, uh, it doesn't prohibit you from owning a gun. It just requires that the full life be be reviewed. So depending on what you did when you were 17 or 18, um, you know, it's quite possible that you wouldn't be able to get a firearm, but it does not preclude you from getting one. So, you know, it just says we need to look beyond just five years at, at someone's history. And then once it, it, it's, it, it, 
it's to the discretion when you're applying for the license, but I mean, you, and you have the ability to appeal as well. So if you're turned down, you do have the ability to appeal, but I think it's important to look at your full life history and see what happened. And, and for some people, yes, absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of people who, um, you know, did something stupid at 18 and has, have been, you know, um, have not had any incidents with the law at all, but it's important to look at that and say, was that serious enough that we should not put firearms in their hands? All right. Uh, some gun owners say that the uh, government is just making scapegoats uh, out of law-abiding gun owners and not getting to the real problem. And I know you've said a couple of times during our conversation that there's no doubt this bill will save lives. Uh, why do you believe that this new law w- will make a difference and keep guns out of the hands of, of bad people? Well, I think, you know, it, bad people are not the only people that are dying by firearms. I, I think you need to, to, we need to get past that. Um, if you use a firearm and you're attempting suicide, you're going to likely be successful. The odds of you not being successful are pretty slim. Um, and most people only attempt suicide once. So when 75% of firearms deaths are by suicide, I think that's an issue that we need to be talking about. And those are the people that will be saved by this legislation. I, the, gov- the, the government put $214 million over four, five years into community-level prevention and enforcement. Those are the kinds of investments that we're looking at trying to get to the root problem of, of guns and gangs and urban centers. Also, we're putting money back into the Canadian Border Services to to combat drug smuggling. Under the Conservatives, there were um, significant cuts to Canadian Border Services Agency, or CBSA. We're putting money back into there. So we're taking a multi-pronged approach. No one piece of legislation or no one investment is going to fix everything. But by by tackling a number of these issues, but Bill 71 in particular will be able to deal with things like suicide, domestic violence. I mean, I could go on. I spoke to a, a, the women's shelter in Lethbridge, Alberta, and I said, how many women come into your shelter who've um, been threatened with a firearm? And she said, every single one. In fact, there was three kids that were at the shelter, and every time they heard a loud bang, they dropped to their knees because the father would stick a gun in those kids' mouth and threaten his spouse that he was going to shoot one of them if she didn't do what he wanted. Now, that's not something that is recorded as a firearms death, but those are threats, and those kids will never get over it. All right, just finally, let me ask you, uh, now that uh, Bill uh, 71 has passed its final Senate vote, uh, maybe take us, uh, if you could, a little bit into the back room here with an uh, an election looming here. Do you, do the Liberals, do you think that this is going to ignite the gun debate? Is this going to become a a real touchstone or flashpoint, if you will, in the upcoming election? Well, I know that there are are groups that have been quite vocal about it and want to make it an issue. I think that there's groups on both sides that uh, will speak up about this, and and the majority of Canadians want us to take action on on firearms to make Canadians safer. That's that's just a fact. That's from um, independent polling that was just recently released. I I, I I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but I think it was around 70%. So in certain areas, um, absolutely. I mean, I'll go back to Lethbridge. The MP there had a Guns and Guinness fundraiser. Is that, were we going to get votes in, in Lethbridge on this? Absolutely not. Um, 
Um, but they're not voting for us anyway. The people that would go to a Guns and Guinness fundraiser are likely not people who are going to vote Liberals. So um, I think there are individuals who will try and make this an election issue. But I, if I was a Canadian, I would be really proud of this legislation, and I would be very fearful that Andrew Scheer was going to cancel it, which is what he said he's going to do. All right. I got to leave it there. Uh, Pam DeMoff, uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate the, the time with us this afternoon. No worries. Thanks a lot. All right. There goes Pam DeMoff, a Liberal MP for Oakville North, Burlington, and a member of the uh, House of Commons Standing Committee on Public Safety. And as you heard, instrumental in Bill uh, C-71 that just passed its final Senate vote yesterday.